ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد So today then, starting on chapter 106, At-Tawbatu min al-Dhunubi bayna yaday dua That when a person makes dua, he should focus on and remember the aspect of making tawbah, the aspect of repenting within his dua, Uh, when making dua repenting from your sins repenting from your shortcomings sheikh says sabaqatil isharatu ila anna min adabid du'a'il azima an yuqaddima ad-da'iya bayna yaday du'a'ihi at-tawbah ila Allah azza wa jalla min kulli dhanbin wa khati'a فَإِنَّ تَرَاكُمَ الذُّنُوبِ وَاجْتِمَاعَهَا قَدْ يَكُونُ سَبَبًا مِنْ أَسْبَابِ عَدَمِ إِجَابَةِ الدُّعَاءِ كَمَا أَنَّ التَّوْبَةَ وَالْإِقْبَالَ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَالصِّدْقَ مَعَهُ سَبَبٌ مِنْ أَسْبَابِ الْقَبُولِ وَالْإِجَابَةِ So the Sheikh says that we've already mentioned previously that one of the etiquettes when making dua is that you should begin your dua by making tawbah, by repenting from your sins and your shortcomings, to begin your dua in that way. Because if your sins pile up, You have a lot of sins, a lot of errors, a lot of shortcomings you've fallen into and you haven't repented, then all of those sins and shortcomings and errors of yours could be a reason for your dua not to be answered. Therefore, a person should begin his dua with sincere repentance, sincerely seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the sins and the shortcomings because a person who is sincere in doing that then that could be a cause for the dua to be accepted. So look at the opposites there. A person who has sins building up and building up and he doesn't repent and he doesn't seek forgiveness, then all of that could be a means for his dua not to be answered. But a person who sincerely repents and seeks forgiveness and is truthful in that, then that could be a means for his dua to be accepted. 
ولهذا قال يحيى ابن معاذ الرازي رحمه الله لا تستبطئ الإجابة إذا دعوت وقد سددت طرقها بالذنوب يحيى ابن معاذ الرازي رحمه الله said do not think that your dua is not being answered or why is it taking so long do not think about why your dua is not being answered or why it's taking so long if indeed you have made dua but you have blocked the pathways for your dua meaning to be answered with your sins so don't be thinking why is the dua not being answered and why is it taking so long etc when you yourself have blocked the dua from being answered with your sins and errors and shortcomings fadhunub لها عواقب وخيمة ونتائج أليمة في الدنيا والآخرة So sins they have degrading consequences and painful uh, consequences and end results and punishments in this world and in the afterlife فهي تزيل النعم وتحل النقم through sins blessings are taken away and instead difficulties and hardships occur upon you فما زالت عن العبد نعمة إلا بذنب So a blessing is not taken away from a servant except due to the sin, a sin. وَلَا حَلَّتْ بِهِ نَقْمَةً إِلَّا بِذَنْبًا And no calamity befalls a servant except due to a sin. كَمَا قَالَ عَلِي بْنَ بِطَالِبْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ ما نزل بلاء أو ما نزل بلاء إلا بذنب ولا رفع إلا بتوبة علي بن أبي طالب mentioned as ابن القيم quoted in الجواب الكافي that there is not a calamity that befalls There is not a calamity that befalls except that it is due to a sin. And neither is it removed, raised and taken away from you then, that calamity etc. Except by tawbah, except by uh, repenting and seeking forgiveness from Allah for your shortcomings. وَقَدْ قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said 
وَمَا أَصَابَكُمْ مِنْ مُصِيبَةٍ فَبِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ وَيَعْفُ عَنْ كَثِيرٌ And that what occurred upon you from the calamities, from any calamity, it is not except due to what your own hands have earned. The calamity that occurs upon you because of what your own hands have earned. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى أَنَ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى also said ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ لَمْ يَكُمْ غَيِّرًا نِعْمَةً أَنْعَمَهَا عَلَى قَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُوا مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not change a blessing that he blessed upon a people until they change what is in of themselves. فَأَخْبَرَ سُبْحَانَهُ أَنَّهُ لَا يُغَيِّرُ نِعَمَهُ الَّتِي أَنْعَمَ بِهَا عَلَىٰ أَحَدٍ حَتَّى يَكُونَ هُوَ الَّذِي يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِنَفْسِهِ فَيُغَيِّرُ طَاعَةَ اللَّهِ بِمَعْصِيَتِهِ وَشُكْرَهُ بِكُفْرِهِ وَأَسْبَابَ رِضَاهُ بِأَسْبَابِ سَخَطِهِ فَإِذَا غَيَّرَ غُيِّرَ عَلَيْهِ جَزَاءً وِفَاقًا That Allah does not change a blessing that He bestows upon a people until they change themselves. Meaning, as long as they are upon the obedience and worship to Allah, then Allah maintains the blessings upon them and doesn't change that until they change. If they change and they swap obedience to Allah to sinning and righteousness and worship to wrongdoing, they change themselves from good to bad, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala changes what they are being given from blessings to calamities. From good to bad as a recompense for their own state that they have put themselves in. ثُمَّ إِنَّ الذُّنُوبِ سَبَبٌ لِهَوَانِ الْعَبْدِ عَلَى رَبِّهِ وَإِذَا هَانَ الْعَبْدُ عَلَى اللَّهِ لَمْ يُكْرِمْهُ أَحَدٌ Another one of the evil consequences of sinning is that sinning degrades a person before Allah. And if you are degraded before Allah, then there is nobody who will honor you. If you are a person who is degraded in front of Allah, because of your sinning and your disobedience to Allah, you are a degraded individual now, then there is nobody who will possibly honor you thereafter. Degraded in the sight of Allah, then who will honor you thereafter? And as Allah said in the Quran, وَمَنْ يُهِنِ اللَّهُ فَمَا لَهُ مِنْ مُكْرِمٍ Whomsoever Allah disgraces, then there is nobody who will honor him.
Whomsoever Allah disgraces, then there is nobody who will honor him. وَأَكْرَمُ الْخَلْقِ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَتْقَاهُمْ لَهُ And the most honorable of the servants to Allah are the most pious, the ones upon the greatest of taqwa. وَأَقْرَبُهُمْ مِنْهُ مَنْزِلَةً وَأَطْوَعُهُمْ لَهُ And the closest of the servants to Allah are the most obedient ones to Him. وَعَلَى قَدَرِ طَاعَةِ الْعَبْدِ تَكُونُ مَنْزِلَتُهُ And in accordance to the level of the obedience a servant does, will be his station and rank with Allah. فَإِذَا عَصَاهُ هَانَ عِنْدَهُ So when a servant disobeys Allah, then that servant is disgraced before Allah. وَأَوْجَبَ ذَلِكَ الْقَطِيعَةَ بَيْنَ الْعَبْدِ وَبَيْنَ مَوْلَاهِ And sinning and disobedience, it necessitates that there becomes a breakage between yourself and your Lord, that there is a cut-off between yourself and your Lord. وَإِذَا وَقَعَتِ الْقَطِيعَةَ إِنْ قَطَعَتْ عَنِ الْعَبْدِ أَسْبَابُ الْخَيْرِ وَاتَّصَلَتْ بِهِ أَسْبَابُ الشَّرِّ And if that break occurs between the servant and his Lord, because the servant is disobeying and sinning, when that break occurs, that cut-off occurs, then the means to goodness are cut off from that servant. And instead, the pathways to evil are Connected to him instead. فَأَيُّ فَلَاحٍ So what success? وَأَيُّ رَجَاءٍ And what hope? وَأَيُّ عَيْشٍ And what kind of life? لِمَنْ انْقَطَعَتْ عَنْهُ أَسْبَابُ الْخَيْرِ For the one who has had the means of goodness cut off from him. وَقُطِعَ مَا بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ وَلِيِّهِ وَمَوْلَاهُ الَّذِي لَا غِنَى لَهُ عَنْهُ طَرْفَةَ عَيْنٍ وَلَا أَقَلَّ مِنْ ذَلِكَ And so what success or hope or life is there for a person who has had the means of goodness cut from him and the connection between himself and his protector that he cannot suffice without even the blink of an eye or less, that connection has been cut, then what life and what goodness and what hope and success is there for that type of person? ثُمَّ إِنَّ الذُّنُوبَ تَسْتَدْعِي نِسْيَانَ اللَّهِ لِعَبْدِهِ وَتَرْكَهُ وَتَخْلِيَتَهُ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ نَفْسِهِ وَشَيْطَانِهِ And also, sinning necessitates, or it, uh, 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 sinning creates or brings about 
the situation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then forgets that servant. That servant is then forgotten by Allah and left to his own devices. That's what can occur if a person is disobeying and sinning against Allah, that Allah may forget that person then, and that person is left to his own devices. And if he is left to his own devices, then he is left open to the shaitan to come and take him over. وَهُنَاكَ الْهَلَاكُ الَّذِي لَا يُرْجَى مَعَهُ And so then in that circumstance, the destruction occurs upon that individual where no salvation or uh, survival can be expected. قال الله تعالى, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَالْتَنْظُرْ نَفْسٌ مَّا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدْ O you who believe, and as one of the Salaf said, whenever you hear an ayah beginning with, O you who believe, then listen to it very carefully, because it will either be a command Allah is commanding you with, or a prohibition Allah is prohibiting you from. O you who believe, fear Allah. There's the command. Ittaqullah. Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Be upon piety. Be upon obedience. Stay away from sins. Waltanlur qaddamat lighat. And let us all look to what you have placed for yourself for tomorrow. What you have done and what you have presented and put forth for yourself for tomorrow. Wattaqullah. Have taqwa of Allah. Once again it is mentioned. Inna Allah khabirun bima ta'amalun. Indeed Allah is all aware of all matters, the intricate affairs of what you do. وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ نَسُوا اللَّهَ فَأَنْسَاهُمْ أَنْفُسَهُمْ أُولَئِكَ هُمُ الْفَاسِقُونَ And do not be like the ones who forgot Allah, so Allah made them forget themselves. And they are the fasiqoon. So this is a warning. أَمَرَ سُبْحَانَهُ بِتَقْوَاهُ وَنَهَا أَنْ يَتَشَبَّهَ عِبَادُهُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ بِمَنْ أَسِيَهُ بِتَرْكِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded us to be upon taqwa, to be upon piety and fearing of Allah, and not to imitate, prohibited us from imitating those believing servants, or that his believing servants imitate those who forgot Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by abandoning taqwa. The one who abandons taqwa, meaning obeying Allah instead, instead falling into haram and impermissible affairs, then that person has forgotten and abandoned taqwa. And for the one who does so, then he is forgotten by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the path to shaitan is opened up for that person. 
and that is a destruction uh, laying in wait for him in that case. وَأَخْبَرَ أَنَّهُ عَاقَبَ مَنْ تَرَكَ التَّقْوَى بِأَنْ أَنْسَاهُ نَفْسَهُ And Allah said that the punishment that is placed upon the one who abandons taqwa, abandons the obedience to Allah and the worship to Allah, the fearing of Allah, and incurs or falls into the sinning and the wrong and the haram, that Allah makes that person forget himself. Meaning, أَنْسَاهُ مَصَالِحَهَا وَمَا يُنْجِيَهَا وَمَا يُنْجِيهَا مِنْ عَذَابِهِ That Allah causes that person to forget and no longer recognize what is for his own benefit. Meaning that which is good for him and for his afterlife that person is made to forget about the good. He's made to forget about the good for himself and what will save him. So that person is made to forget the path to salvation and instead he is led upon the path to destruction. فَتَرَ الْعَاصِي مُهْمِلًا مَصَالِحَ نَفْسِهِ مُضَيِّعًا لَهَا So you see the sinners, they are no longer guarding over what is useful for themselves. They are no longer implementing what is beneficial for themselves. Rather they have become negligent of what is beneficial for themselves and what will bring them goodness in this world and the afterlife. And instead, they have lost all of that, engrossed in their sinning and the haram that they've been dragged into. قَدْ انْفَرَطَتْ عَلَيْهِ مَصَالِحُ دِينِهِ وَدُنْيَاهِ بَلْ إِنَّ أُمُورَهُ تَتَعَصَّرُ عَلَيْهِ فَلَا يَتَوَجَّهُ لِأَمْرٍ إِلَّا يَجِدُهُ مُغْلَقًا دُونَهُ وَمُتَعَصِّرًا عَلَيْهِ In fact, the person who commits sins... The affairs of that person, his, his life starts becoming difficult. Even the little things and the affairs that he wants to engage in in his life, they start becoming complicated and difficult upon him. And he can't even get the simplest of things organized in his life and done. His affairs become difficult and complicated upon him due to the sinning that he's upon when he wants to do something, some affair, he can't do it. It's not open to him, it's blocked. Uh, the affair is too difficult, he can't do it. Simple things he wants to do are no longer a possibility for him. وَهَذَا كَمَا أَنَّ مَنِ اتَّقَ اللَّهَ جَعَلَ لَهُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِ And as for the opposite, the person who fears Allah, then he finds in his life, that the affairs are open to him. He wants to do something, it is made easy for him. He wants to achieve something, he wants to get something done in his life, whatever the matters are, they are made easy for him. The halal and the good matters, of course. But as for the sinner, when his affairs, he engages in them, they are made difficult upon him, even impossible for him. 
فمن عطل التقوى جعل له من امره عسرا سهم سوف ابندن التقوى ذن هيز افيز ميد كومبليكيتد اند ديفيكلت ابون هيم فالخير والراحه والسعاده والطمانينه في الطاعه so goodness and comfort and happiness and tranquility they are all in obedience performing and fulfilling obedience to Allah that is what brings about the goodness and the comfort and the happiness and the serenity tranquility calmness and comfort all of that is brought about by obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَالشَّرُّ وَالشَّقَاوَةُ وَالتَّعْصِيرُ فِي الْمَعْصِيَةِ And as for the evil and the misery, then that occurs to a person and the complication in his affairs and how his affairs are always blocked and he can never get things. All of those types of things occur due to sinning. قَالَ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ إِبْنْ مَسْعُودِ رضي الله عنه عبد الله ابن مسعود رضي الله عنه سال ان للحسنات ضياء في الوجه indeed a good deed a good action some good deed that you do it is enlightenment in your face it is a light for your face enlightenment in your face wa nuran fil qalb and light for your heart wa sa'atan fil rizq and it makes your sustenance and provisions more expansive wa quwwatan fil badn and it brings strength in your body وَمَحَبَّةً فِي قُلُوبِ الْخَلْقِ And it brings about love for you from the hearts of the people. Love is placed in the hearts of the people for you. وَإِنَّ لِسَيِّئَةِ سَوَادًا فِي الْوَجْهِ And as for the evil deed, then that brings about darkness in the face. وَظُلْمَةً فِي الْقَلْبِ And that darkness in the heart. وَوَهْنًا فِي الْبَدْنِ And weakness in the body. وَنَقْصًا فِي الرِّزْقِ And deficiency in your provisions. وَبُغْلَةً فِي قُلُوبِ الْخَلْقِ And hatred in the hearts of the people toward you. That is what Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu mentioned regarding the differences for the one who does a good deed and the one who does a bad deed or the effect of the good deed and the effect of the bad deed. وَعَلَى كُلٍّ فَالذُّنُوبِ تُحْدِثُ لِلْعَبْدِ أَضْرَارًا كَثِيرًا في قلبه وبدنه وماله وحياته كلها in any case 
sins, they bring about, they produce for the servant harm, many harms, many harms in your heart and your body and in your wealth and in your life overall. فَلَيْسَ فِي الدُّنْيَا شَرٌ وَدَاءٌ إِلَّا سَبَبُهُ الذُّنُوبُ وَالْمَعَاصِي So there is not in this world an evil or an illness except that it is or the cause of it is sins. Sinning, sins and wrongdoing. وَلَهَا مِنَ الْآثَارِ الْقَبِيحَةِ وَالنَّتَائِجِ الْمَذْمُومَةِ وَالْمَضَرَّةِ بِالْقَلْبِ وَالْبَدْنِ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ مَا لَا يَعْلَمُهُ إِلَّا اللَّهِ And the impact of those sins... The evil impact of those sins and the dispraiseworthy consequences of those sins and the harm upon the heart and the body in this world and the afterlife is such that nobody knows except Allah. Only Allah knows the level of the harm that it brings upon a person. And that is all mentioned by Ibn al-Qayyim. All of that we've been mentioning there, stated by Ibn al-Qayyim in al-Jawab al-Kafi. وَلِهَذَا فَإِنَّ الْوَاجِبَ عَلَى كُلِّ مُسْلِمٍ And that's why the obligation upon every Muslim is أَنْ يَحْذَرَ أَشَدَّ الْحَذَرَ And that's why the obligation upon every Muslim is to take precaution, the greatest of precaution from sins, from wrongdoing. And that a person repents to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from every sin and error. And And that the person sincerely returns back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begging for the mercy and forgiveness from Allah asking for the happiness and tranquility and comfort so that the success may be actualized for him in this world and the afterlife. As Allah said, وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا أَيُّهَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ Repent to Allah, all of you, 
O believers, that perhaps you may be successful. Return back and repent to Allah, all of you believers, that you may receive success, that you may be from the successful. فَلَا سَبِيلَ إِلَى الْفَلَاحِ إِلَّا بِالتَّوْبَةِ So there is no path to success except through repentance. وَهِيَ الرُّجُوعُ مِمَّا يَكْرَهُهُ اللَّهُ ظَاهِرًا وَبَاطِنًا إِلَى مَا يُحِبُّهُ ظَاهِرًا وَبَاطِنًا And what is this repentance? It is that you return from all of that which Allah dislikes openly and inwardly. Return, come back from all of those affairs and go to the affairs that Allah loves openly and inwardly, outwardly and inwardly. وَلِهَذَا فَإِنَّ التَّوْبَةَ وَاجِبَةٌ وَمُتَعَيِّنَةٌ عَلَى كُلِّ مُسْلِمٌ وَمُسْلِمٌ And for this reason, Tawbah, it becomes incumbent specifically upon every Muslim and Muslima, every Muslim man and woman. وَالْأَدِلَّةُ عَلَى وُجُوبِهَا مُتَظَاهِرًا فِي الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ وَإِجْمَاعِ سَلَفِ الْأُمَّةِ And the evidences upon the obligation of it are apparent and multiple in the Qur'an and the Sunnah and in the consensus of the Salaf of this Ummah. Allah Ta'ala, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala said, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا تُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ تَوْبَةً نَصُوحًا عَسَى رَبُّكُمْ مَنْ يُكَفِّرَ عَنْكُمْ سَيِّئَاتِكُمْ عَسَى رَبُّكُمْ أَنْ يُكَفِّرَ عَنْكُمْ سَيِّئَاتِكُمْ وَيُدْخِلَكُمْ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ ذَرَوْيُهُ بَلِيْفِ Again, O you who believe, and here's the commandment, Tubu ilallah. O you who believe, repent to Allah. Tawbatan nasuha. Sincere repentance. Perhaps your Lord and your Lord will forgive or expiate from you your sins and enter you into paradise wherein the rivers flow from beneath it. And in the hadith, the authentic hadith, which is in Sahih Muslim, عن الأغر ابن يسار المزاني رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ تُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ وَاسْتَغْفِرُوهُ فَإِنِّي أَتُوبُ فِي الْيَوْمِ مِئَةَ مَرَّةِ In Sahih Muslim O people, repent to Allah and seek forgiveness from Him for indeed I repent in a day a hundred times. 
This is the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying, For indeed I repent in a day a hundred times. قال النووي رحمه الله في كتابه العظيم رياض الصالحين الإمام النووي said in his great book رياض الصالحين قال العلماء The scholar said التوبة واجبة من كل ذنب توبة is an obligation from every sin فَإِنْ كَانَتْ الْمَعَصِيَةِ بَيْنَ الْعَبْدِ وَبَيْنَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى لَا تَتَعَلَّقُ بِحَقِّ آدَمِيٍّ فَلَهَا ثَلَاثَةُ شُرُوطٍ And if the sin you have committed is between you and your Lord, not connected to any other person and any other right you have to give back to them, then that type of sin between you and your Lord, there are three (coughs) conditions within that. In the repentance, in the tawbah. Ahaduha, one of them, an yuqli'a anil ma'asiyah. The first and obvious to be upon sincere repentance is that you stop doing the sin. If you're continuing with the sin and then repenting on the side, that the scholars they say is a sign of an insincere repentance. How can you be repenting and you are still carrying on at the same time with the sin? You must stop the sin and strive to stay away from it and repent. Not that you carry on doing it and then repent as well on the side as you are still carrying on doing that sin. That is insincere. So the first step is that you genuinely stop doing that sin and strive to stay away from it. Secondly, أَنْ يَنْدَمَ عَلَى فِعْلِهَا That you regret having done it. If you don't regret having done it, you think to yourself, you're glad you did it, but now you'll repent. You feel joy at having done it, and you're glad you did it, and you enjoyed And now you think, okay, I'll repent. Then that isn't sincere either. If you're sincerely repenting, knowing you did wrong, then you should be regretting what you did. There has to be genuine and sincere regret upon what you did. Thirdly, أَنْ يَعْزِمَ أَنْ لَا يَعُودَ إِلَيْهَا أَبَدًا That the person makes a firm, a resolute decision, resolve that he is not going to return back to that sin ever again. You make that firm, uh, uh, resolute and resolve in your mind that you're not going to return back to that sin. فَإِنْ فُقِدَ أَحَدُ الثَّلَاثَ لَمْ تَصِحَّ And if one of those three conditions is missing, then your tawbah is not correct. If you haven't stopped doing the sin, then your tawbah isn't going to be correct. How can you be making tawbah and you're still doing it? If you don't regret having done it, you're happy you did it, 
then that isn't a sincere tawbah, it's not correct. And if you don't make an intention to never return back to it, you think you are going to go back to it, that's what you're planning, then that isn't a sincere tawbah either. That's all those three conditions if the error is between yourself and your Lord. وَإِنْ كَانَتْ الْمَعْصِيَةُ تَتَعَلَّقُ بِآدَمِيٍ فَشُرُوطُهَا أَرْبَعَةٍ And if the sin that you've committed is connected to another person, some right that you've taken from another person, then there are four conditions. The three already mentioned, plus أَنْ يَبْرَأَ مِنْ حَقِّ صَاحِبِهَا that you have to free yourself from the right that you took from that person. You've got to somehow balance out and level out the right that you took from that person. فَإِنْ كَانَتْ مَالًا أَوْ نَحْوَهُ رَدَّهُ So for example, if it was money that you stole from someone, then you go return it. Go and return it back to that person. وَإِنْ كَانَ حَدَّ uh, and if it was for example the qadf that you have slandered someone upon their honor then you allow yourself to take the punishment for that you allow yourself to take the punishment the Islamic punishment of whipping etc for that or you seek forgiveness from that person to pardon you. If you've done a certain action in Islam, taking the right of someone like Qadf, like uh, uh, taking their honor and uh, claiming that they committed some acts of fornication or matters of that nature, you slandered them in this way with no proof, then in order to return that right back to them, the only way is that you either seek their pardon directly and they pardon you, or that you go and take the Islamic punishment for it, and that then wipes out that right by getting the whipping, etc. For that, then. وَإِن كَانَتْ مِنْهَا And if it was backbiting, that you backbit someone, and you go and declare your uh, your uh, 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 sorrow and your seeking of pardoning from that person and if that person then pardons you you've returned the right now it's cleared you have to then seek pardon and a person must repent from all of his sins and a person needs to repent from all of his sins but what if a person is committing multiple different types of sins and he repents from some of them but he's still doing others? Then the scholars they've mentioned there are different types of sins and some of them he sincerely repents from but others he's still weak and still falling into them. The ones that you sincerely repent from then they are covered for you. Then you are forgiven for those inshallah ta'ala and the tawbah is accepted and is correct for those ones. And the others you're still 
committing them and you're still in line for punishment for those and they remain upon you. وَقَدْ تَظَاهَرَتْ دَلَائِلُ الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ وَإِجْمَاعِ الْأُمَّةِ عَلَى وُجُوبِ التَّوْبَةِ And there are evidences, so many of them everywhere, from the Qur'an, the Sunnah and the consensus of the Salaf, upon the obligation to repent, to repent from your sins and your shortcomings. فَحَرِيٌّ بِالْمُسْلِمِ أَنْ يَكُونَ تَائِبًا إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِ So it is deserving that a Muslim should strive to be repentant before his Lord. مُنِيبًا إِلَيْهِ Returning back to him and begging him for pardon and forgiveness and repenting. لِتَرْتَفِعَ دَرَجَاتُ So that your levels are raised. You repent sincerely and your levels are raised. وَتُقَالُ عَثَرَاتُ And your uh, shortcomings and your slip-ups are then uh, removed. وَتُقْبَلْ دَعْوَاتُ And your du'as are then accepted. وَتَعْلُوا مَنْزِلَاتُهُ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِ And his level is raised with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِنَّا لَنَرْجُوا نَرْجُوا اللَّهِ أن يكتب لنا توبة نصوحا وأن يوفقنا لكل خير يحبه ويرضاه And in the end of this particular chapter the Shaykh says that indeed we hope from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he writes us down, uh, writes for us the sincere tawbah that we make the sincere repentance to him and that he gives us success uh, to every goodness that he loves and is pleased with. Any questions up to that section and the end of that chapter? That chapter now, the point of it was that when you make dua, you should begin with tawbah. Begin with tawbah. From the shortcomings and the sins, begin with repentance. If you do not, then all of those sins that are building up, they could be a cause for your dua not to be answered otherwise. And if you do repent and seek sincere forgiveness, then that itself could be the means for your dua then being answered. Hence the importance of seeking forgiveness and repenting from your sins. Uh, when making dua, when calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for an affair. Any questions or anything to add up to that section? With regards to Riba, uh, is it always a necessity to tell that person? It's the halla minhu, the Shaykh says here, that you've got to. Uh, get your freedom from that person literally right now when you backbite someone you are now under that person's authority he has a right upon you in order to free yourself from that person having his hand on you you've got to be able to go and free yourself from that backbiting the asal is that you're supposed to go back to that person and seek his forgiveness and tell him 
And you see some examples of this when people go to the scholars. You see some examples sometimes people go to the scholars and they say, Sheikh, previously I used to backbite you, I used to say so many bad things about you and I didn't know. And then I realized what this manhaj is, what Salafiyyah is, what this da'wah is, and now I realize and I want to ask forgiveness for what I used to say about you previously. Many times you see that when they go to Sheikh bin Baz and other scholars and people say this and the scholars they say you are forgiven. I have nothing upon you, I hold nothing upon you. So that is the way that it should be done. That you go to a person and you uh, seek forgiveness and pardon for the error that you fell into. You say I made a mistake, I said this or I said that. And it may have been deemed as a backbiting of you or something that you may not have been pleased with. And you seek forgiveness from that person. The only issue is that sometimes it may not be possible to do that. Sometimes maybe physically it may not be possible to do that. Maybe the person you are backbiting is far away in another country and it's not possible to communicate with them or something like that. If there was no possibility of communication with that person, then the scholars, they mention generally about other types of sins that you would give in charity. If there was genuinely no way of communicating with that person, you give in charity and make dua for him, make dua for him, give in charity and speak good of that person then to cover and to make up for the bad, the backbiting that you may have done, that you lied about him or whatever you said, you now speak good of him to those people. And you make dua for him and perhaps give charity in his name as well. Those kinds of things could be done. And sometimes a person may say, but there will be more fitna if I go and mention it to him. So Allah alam, if the maslaha isn't there and there is more fitna, then maybe these other means may be available to a person then if there was genuinely going to be more mafsada than maslaha in going to that particular person because of what you know regarding the character of that individual so instead speak good of that person amongst the people rectify what you said amongst the people make dua for that person those kinds of things would be done then anybody else Ustad is always guaranteed for example if somebody say uh, is committing sin like uh, missing salah or somebody uh, like uh, is addicted to something harmful like cigarettes and we say to the please stop it he says that uh, I'll let me have this one cigarette after that I'll make toba or maybe I'll make toba in the future so is the toba always guaranteed of course it's not guaranteed what if he dies right now after that cigarette or during that cigarette it is not guaranteed maybe in the future his heart changes and he doesn't want to make toba it is not correct for a person to say, I'll repent in future. That is from the deception of the shaitan upon an individual, telling him you'll be okay in the future. In the future, you can start practicing. Now you can relax. Who knows that a person will live till the future? Could we put a behind the Depends. You know, generally, the scholars, they say, if the aqidah is so far deviated, like some of the Brailuis, then you're not supposed to pray behind them. So the janazah would be included in that. If the general prayers, you're not supposed to pray behind them because of the level of excessiveness and deviation in their aqidah, then the janazah prayer would come into it as well.
it depends who they are, which mosque and what level they're at. If they are upon a great deal of misguidance and shafa'a and the deceased and all these things, then you shouldn't pray the janazah behind them. You can always pray the janazah afterwards yourself at the graveyard. Once the burial is done, everybody's gone, you can go pray the janazah at the graveyard. <coughs> You know, you know, in the text when it says that Allah SWT forgets them, how was the best way to explain that? It's like it was mentioned there. Allah forgetting <coughs> them is that Allah is no longer in their aid. That Allah leaves them to their own devices. Not that Allah forgets, of course Allah does not forget. But Allah forgetting them, meaning that Allah leaves them to themselves. And if they are left to themselves, then they are open to the shaitan. That's the meaning of Allah forgetting them and leaving them to themselves. And in the ayat, Allah makes them forget themselves, that they forget what is good for themselves. And instead, all they are chasing after is the evil that's making it worse for themselves. Allah has made them forget what is in their benefit and good for themselves. Uh, Ustad, if somebody visits a grave and uh, asks the one in the grave that, please make dua for me. It is a form of shirk when you go to the graves and ask the dead people to make dua for you. It is not legislated at all. It is calling upon the dead. And uh, that type of shafa'a is impermissible. It is not the type of shafa'a that Allah has given permission for. So if it is not one of the types of shafa'a that Allah has given permission for, it falls into the categories of shirk. Minor or major will depend upon that person's belief and what he does exactly. But calling upon the dead is certainly from the categories of shirk. So does it nullify that person's uh, Islam? Depends. Depends on how, what he's doing and how he's doing it and what his beliefs are. That will depend. If he believes this dead person has some power and ability separate from Allah, that's major shirk. But if he believes this person will intercede for him, that's minor shirk. It depends on the aqeedah of a person. Lots of these affairs, like in Kitab al-Tawheed, all of those things, a lot of those chapters, the ruling will depend on the person's belief in doing those actions. So wearing amulets can be major shirk, it can be minor shirk, depending on the person's belief. The person believes this amulet independently has power and uh, it can do things for him independently from the decree of Allah, it's major shirk. But if he knows Allah is the one who does everything, but this is a means, then that's only minor shirk. It depends on the belief of a person too. What else? Alright, we'll conclude upon that for today. Inshallah ta'ala, resume next week. At the same time, 8.30pm inshallah.